Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by State Farm. Just like football, life can be unpredictable. That's why State Farm agents are there to help. And with over 19,000 agents, a local State Farm agent could be just around the block. Whether you talk in person, by phone, or through the app, State Farm is there. Go with one with coverage and agents you can count on. State Farm, talk to an agent today. We're also brought to you by Star Wars. Hey, Jedi Fallen Order, the new action-adventure game from Respawn Entertainment, available now. On a quest to rebuild the Jedi Order, players will wield a lightsaber, hone iconic force powers, and embark on a classic Star Wars adventure across the galaxy. Become a Jedi in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, available now on Xbox One, PS4, and PC rated T for teen we're also brought to you by the Book of Basketball 2.0 podcast, which put up two new ones this week, both on Shaquille O'Neal, Pyramid podcast, and then a rewatchables podcast, game four of the 2004 finals, Shaq's last stand in the Lakers, his last great game, in my opinion. Broke both of those down with J.A. Adande. Uh, check out that podcast if you haven't already. I'm very proud of it. Coming up, we are going to talk to Matthew Barry about fantasy football through 10 weeks and a very controversial trade in my league. And then Mallory's most intriguing. We are going to actually talk about Star Wars and Colin Kaepernick and a whole bunch of other stuff. But first, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right. I think like four or five weeks ago when Matthew Berry was last on, we promised that he would come back around the 10 game mark to talk about where we were after two thirds of the fantasy season. So now we're here, Matthew Berry on the line. We are 10 weeks into the fantasy season, heading into the home stretch. Biggest surprise for you, those first 10 weeks of anything. Well, that, that your fantasy team was undefeated. I think that was <laughs> well, that, that, was that the ended biggest surprise fast. for me so far this season. Yeah, that ended fast. I, I'm going for biggest surprise. I'm going uh, the, the Lamar thing, working out whatever people had in their heads that drafted him as the best case scenario. I think it somehow exceeded it. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if you look at some of the preseason stuff that I wrote, you know, we talked about the fact that like, hey, we keep hearing rumors that this offense is going to be a lot more wide open than people think, that they're going to throw more than people think and that. Uh, that, you know, Lamar, you know, Lamar Jackson was a sleeper for me. He was a sleeper for a lot of people, but I think if you had said, Hey, heading into week 11, the number one quarterback in fantasy is going to be Lamar Jackson. I think I agree with you that even the people that were like best case scenario was like best case scenario was like top five fantasy quarterback, not beating the Patriots, you know, right. <laughs> not, not absolutely destroying, you know, a previously undefeated new England team. So, uh, I, I, they've been, they've certainly been up there in terms of surprising. I guess for me, the biggest surprise is some of the people that have just been brutal. I, I mean, like, yeah, I was all, all, you know, I'll cop to this. I was all in on Cleveland. Yeah. I had me bought too. the Cleveland hype. I had bought Baker and Odell Beckham jr. And just how dysfunctional that team is given the offensive talent it has. That's been a shock to me. Lamar has four 30 plus games out of the first nine weeks, which is, What's a typical, if a really good quarterback for 30 plus games, like four in a year, five in a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's I mean, been, he's... he's been over 
over 24. He's really only had one bad game. He had 13 against Pittsburgh in week five. But man, what an advantage. And I'm with you on uh, the Cleveland thing, the Odell part of it. He got traded in my uh, in my West Coast League. There was a three for two trade and Damashek got Odell in the trade. It was, he got two and Odell was like the best player in the trade. And a couple people were really upset about it. This is unfair. And it, and it was like, Odell's, Odell sucked this year. <laughs> He's the reason oh. Damashek is in the middle of the pack because Odell is averaging five points a game. And it doesn't has, even seem like they're trying has, to get him the ball. Yeah, he has one touchdown this year, Bill. He has he has less touchdowns than Minka Fitzpatrick. Right. I mean, I mean like, <laughs> he's he's been... I mean, it's the whole thing in Cleveland is is shocking to me. Back to Lamar for one second, then we'll, we'll get into Cleveland. But one other point I just want to make when you were talking about Lamar Jackson, here's the other thing that's insane about Lamar Jackson is, yes, obviously the running is a big part of it, but you think about Mahomes' year last year, and Mahomes was magical last year, and it was you know, the greatest fantasy quarterback season of all time. And we'll see if yeah. Lamar ends up beating it this year. But last year, at least with Mahomes, you were sort of like, you kind of got it right. Because it was like, well, it's Andy Reed who got it, who had a top five season out of Alex Smith the year before he's got Tyreek Hill. He's got Travis Kelsey. Like Mahomes is all sorts of insanely talented and just a special, special uh, player. But there was a lot of skill around him. Yeah. You think about Baltimore, like, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, like Willie Sneed, like it's a, you know, it's, it's a much, much less significant uh, amount of experienced talent than Patrick Mahomes had last well, year. And it, then also, you well, know, I don't think on, anyone, the, 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 yep. the watching it, cause I have him on both leagues. I actually feel like he should have more points, like the amount sure. of drops and just like his receivers aren't really that open. There's no, there's oh, no like the guy just, yeah, I know I'm, I'm with you. You don't see yeah. the Lamar highlights where there's just some guy like with Mahomes last year where, you know, Tyree kills 10 yards behind the defensive back, stuff like that. Lamar is like creating a lot of this, which has been, what's so, been so fun. It's, it's been unreal. And the other piece that's sort of crazy about this, and I've seen other people make this point as well. So this is not my point, but the crazy part is like, so First off, Lamar Jackson went at the end of the first round. So 31 NFL teams passed on him, including your Patriots. Yeah. Uh, which I think a lot of people thought that they would. They would I, They would take him. I we were upset. Was, Nephew Kyle and I, we were going nuts. We wanted him. We thought he fell to us. Didn't happen. Yeah, I I would I would have loved the, although the Redskins probably would have screwed him up. But um, yeah, so he went later than I think people thought. And then kudos to the Ravens for basically, they had always been sort of this, you know, drop back pocket offense with Joe Flacco and John Harbaugh and Greg Roman, who's, you know, a very talented play caller and has at every stop of his career gotten lots, you know, gotten certainly gotten fantasy production out of mobile quarterbacks, you know, whether it's, whether it's Tyrod Taylor, or, you know, some of the other players that he's worked with. Right. Um, but uh, he has, you know, they, they changed their entire identity. They were like, look, we've got a talented kid here. We're going to, we're going to get rid of Joe Flacco and we're going to just go all in on, we're going to fit our offense to uh, highlight what Lamar Jackson does well, as opposed to trying to fit this player into what we do. We're just going to, we're going to con uh, completely change our offensive system. And you think, well, no, duh, that's obvious, but I feel like more NFL teams than not don't do that. They do the opposite of that. Yeah. And that was the case for taking them in August, right? Because right. all of the pieces where we have crafted this offense around Lamar and I actually wonder if that's why the Patriots didn't take him. 
and and you know, well, we won't know if Lamar could succeed in like a traditional conventional offense, like what the Patriots have, or they're just doing all the typical quarterback things. Um, but maybe Belichick was looking at it and going, if I'm fitting him into a Tom Brady offense, that's not the best way to use him. If I was going to have him, I'd want to recreate the whole offense around him. And I can't do that because I have Brady. So right. I, what Harbaugh did, I thought was great. I think from a fantasy standpoint, like Kyler Murray's had a sneaky good year. You know, yes. if, if you look, he's probably, I think, in the top 12 overall. And he's definitely yeah. come on the last couple of weeks. I thought he's, the, he's, the year the that... The weird Ky part of him, the weird part on Kyler Murray is that he's been more of a floor player than a ceiling player. Meaning like he always gets you a, a good amount of production, but he hasn't had like you know, the kind of crazy games that we've seen from some other quarterbacks. Right. Like we haven't just seen, and you sort of expected that from him. Like you thought that he would have some Lamar Jackson type games where he's, you know, he's running for a couple of touchdowns and he's got a couple of touchdown passes and he's got, you know, 400 something total yards all in. And we just haven't seen that yet. But when you look at his game log, it's the kind of season that I thought maybe Lamar would have where there's going to be some weeks when, you know, you throw for 200 yards and you don't really rush for anything. I think what's been crazy about Lamar is just having one bad week out of nine, I did not expect. I thought it would be way more up and down considering how dependent they were on him. And also just defenses going into Baltimore games going, if we take down Lamar, we take down their offense. But it, it just hasn't happened. He's still it, getting it, his points. Well, and I mean, the Patriots, like, that was the thing that 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 was crazy to me was I I had Lamar Jackson for the the first time all season I had him outside my top ten going into the Patriots game and I was like yeah. look I get it I said but you think about Bill Belichick versus a second year quarterback I'm gonna take Bill Belichick they have spent their they're going to they have had success against uh, mobile quarterbacks and we you know we looked at this study of like what Belichick led defenses had done over the last couple of years against you know quarterbacks that had gotten a decent amount of their fantasy points from their legs and I'm like look. He's going to be like, we'll take our chances, Willie Sneed. He's they're going to contain him, and you know, I, I mean, Lamar Jackson just punched him in the mouth. Yeah. I, I mean, that was that was so eye opening to me because you expected fantasy points, you know, maybe not number one player in fantasy, but again, sleeper for me, sleeper for a lot of people coming into the season. But when he honestly embarrassed Belichick's defense, you're like, holy mackerel! I, to me, you know, like yeah, I, holy crap. I benched him in both of my leagues that week because I just thought, oh, <laughs> Belichick's going to take him out. It was the opposite. Another surprise for me, yeah. um, Dak Prescott's fourth overall in fantasy points right now. He's been great. And, you know, it, obviously his contract was such a big um, story going in. I think what, what, what was really crazy about last week was it was the first time I watched a Cowboys game where it was just kind of like, let Dak cook. What are you doing? Let this dude do his thing. Cause I don't feel like when I watch the Cowboys, I don't feel like they totally know what their identity is yet. And they seem caught between these two personalities. And it, for me, it just seems like the logical personality for them is just to let Dak go. So I was looking at him as somebody these last six weeks could actually go up. What do you think about that? Well, look, Dak was, if you look at Dak's numbers last year, like from the Amari Cooper trade on, Dak, I want to say, was the ninth best quarterback in fantasy off the top of my head. From, yeah. Amari Cooper, from the Amari Cooper trade on last year, he finished the year as like the ninth best quarterback in fantasy. And so his production isn't that surprising to me. But I agree with you on sort of the split personality of the team because 
I agree, you know, Dak is a special player and, you know, listen, I, I think Michael Gallup is a really nice player. I'm amazed at what they've gotten out of Jason Witten this year. We, Me too. we know all about Amari Cooper, but they paid Zeke $90 million. I mean, that's, I, I wonder how much of that is just like, we paid this guy for the longest time. We've always been sort of very run heavy and the offense has been centered around Ezekiel Elliott. When he was, when he was holding out in the preseason, I remember one stat we talked about the fact that it was that I think the year before Ezekiel Elliott had accounted for over 36% of the Cowboys yards from scrimmage, mm. like by the far the, the most of any player in the NFL, like in terms of one player, uh, highest percentage of their team's yards from scrimmage. And, and so Zeke had that. And so, and honestly, does Zeke look like Zeke to you? Like he feels, he feels like a B plus version of Zeke these days. Doesn't seem, I agree with you all the way the same. And you know, you look at where were we at the Kenny into the season? It was McCaffrey, Kamara, Saquon, yep, Nick Chubb, my Zeke. guy. Well, Nick Zeke. Chubb wasn't really in that mix. The, no, the but he was for me. He, I was I was the only one who had that mix. All right, there but, you go. Uh, so but, kudos to you. But the the general consensus was Barkley, um, and then somewhere depending on when you drafted and where Zeke was in his contract negotiations, the the next three were sort of interchangeable between Kamara, McCaffrey, and. Ezekiel Elliott. I, I mean, I'll, I'll cop to this and I'll say, I think I had, I had Barkley one, Zeke two, McCaffrey three, Kamara four. I still so, between McCaffrey and Zeke, depending on when you caught my rankings in the preseason, but those were my top four. And then I had David Johnson at five, which has not worked out. Uh, but it's been a, you know, I think that's, that's been somewhat injury related. He was, he was good until he got hurt. And then, yeah, but think about Le'Veon this Bell though. Was a guy so, that went top six as well for a lot of people. All right, so you just listed six guys and only one of them has totally panned out, McCaffrey. McCaffrey right. is 25 points ahead of everybody else for running but backs. But the rest have been in injury. I mean, McCaffrey's having an unbelievable year, but the rest are, have at least some injury, maybe not Zeke, but you know, Barkley missed some time. Obviously, Kamara missed a couple of weeks there. David Johnson's missed some weeks and he's out there on one leg. It's clear that he's not healthy. Weirdly, the healthiest guy of all of them is Le'Veon Bell who coming into the season had played only all 16 games only once in his NFL yeah. career. And that was in 2014. My point though, is every year this seems to happen where we have a top five or a top six and everyone basically plays Russian roulette with these running backs. Yep. And three of them get hurt. Two of them are in the wrong offense. And then one pans out like McCaffrey did. And I wonder if we're doing it correctly because you know, as, as we've said multiple times, if, if you're in a draft league, um, I'm sorry you're so dimwitted and you don't have <laughs> the high enough intelligence to be in an auction league. But um, but even in an auction league, the top six guys that people spend money on are usually running backs. Right. And to basically say every year I have a one in six chance of of hitting it big here doesn't seem like a smart move to me. Yeah, but where else are you going, right? I mean, because you could do you could do that with any position. Think about the top wide receivers for a second. Let's put that argument for, for aside for a second, and then think about the top wide receivers. So of the sort of top seven, of the big seven that went, so Tyreek Hill got hurt. You know, he's been great <laughs> since he's been back, but he he missed like the first half of the season. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas has been great, but Juju's been brutal. Antonio Brown, that's been a disaster. Hopkins has been a bummer. Hopkins for the the kind of talent he has. Hopkins has been a bummer. Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen since week four is wide receiver fifty six on a per game basis. I think he's I think he's genuinely hurt though. He might be, yeah. But whatever, whether he's hurt or the the Chargers offense is broken or whatever the reason is, 
he hasn't he hasn't returned value either. We talked about Beckham earlier in the show. I, I mean, you know, it's a Devontae murder. Adam Devontae Adams got hurt as well. I, I mean, so I mean, it's it's basically the same ratio of return in but terms so, of. But, yeah. but my point is, maybe it just makes no sense whatsoever to spend over thirty five dollars on anybody. And yes, maybe you're, you're doing just better auction. off doing in an auction. Maybe you're just better off being in that fifteen to twenty four dollar range and hoping to just load up on those guys over you know, you spend fifty eight dollars on Odell Beckham. That's sure. and and for what he's doing, now you've just crippled your team. It yeah, doesn't I work mean, out. Sure, but the 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 counter argument to that is is that that means that right, you you instead of $58, you take three shots and maybe you have a better chance at one of those guys popping, but you're also like sort of sifting through the, you know, the middle. I mean, like, you know, he wasn't for me, but like Dante Pettis was a big sleeper for a lot of people. Like that hasn't worked out. Right. You well, know, the, um, for receivers at that $20, Calvin range. Ridley was a, a lot of people loved Calvin Ridley this year. He's been very inconsistent. So, uh, you know, you, you go, you can, you can do that, uh, you know, left and right. Right. I mean, like, there's been disappointments at every, at every position, at every, um, at every level. Right. And so I, I think your, your argument is, is that there's less risk at least that like if, if, if at $58 Odell Beckham Jr. Bangs, uh, you know, bombs out, it's much more devastating than if you spend, right. If you spend $17 on Dante Pettis and he doesn't pan out. Yeah. If I spend $22 on Godwin, 17 on Pettis and $18 on Julian Edelman, and I go two for three versus sure. the 58 on Odell. I'd be surprised if you could get Edelman for 18 coming well, we, season. But, but, but that, that kind of range. Right. That, that sort of range. 18 on Curtis Samuel. Right. Who are, you, who are you buying heading forward into these stretch reeks that has, have not been awesome yet, but maybe have the chance? Like, for instance, a man okay. in New England by the name of Thomas Brady. Yeah. Are, is that somebody you could see coming on down the stretch? Because this is usually when November is usually his month. Uh, so yes, the young unknown Tom Brady. Yeah, um, that frisky upstart. kid from New England. Yeah, exactly. The sleeper Tom Brady. Uh, sure. Look, you're never going to count him out. Like he, my love list, my love hate column comes out later today on ESPN.com. Got to get a plug in. And uh, Tom Brady's on the love list for me this week oh, against Philadelphia. TB. There you go. TB12, but uh, weirdly, if you look at what Tom Brady has done over the last couple of years in terms of the fantasy playoffs, so weeks 14 through 17, he usually disappoints that the Patriots, I feel like once it gets to December, go much more run heavy. Yes. And, you know, I don't know if that's because the playoffs are coming or cold weather or, you know, Foxborough, I don't know what it is, but we've looked at it like for the last three or four years, wherever Tom Brady was as a fantasy quarterback heading into the playoffs, He's been significantly worse. Like, you know, so the year he was number one and, and at the number one fantasy quarterback entering the playoffs, I think he finished the fantasy playoffs as like quarterback nine, something like that. Yeah. And so, you know, weeks where he was like, or years where he was like QB eight, he finishes like QB 17 in the fantasy playoffs. So it, so for the next couple of weeks, sure. But 14 through 17 makes me nervous. Although, you know, they they do have a great schedule. So who's your biggest this guy's about to make a leap guy as we head into the last three weeks. Well, I listen, you know, they're on a buy this week, but the giants have a very good schedule coming up. Oh, so, you know, could see, uh, could see golden Tate, uh, especially with, you know, Sterling Shepard out. Um, 
Darius Slayton, I think, is going to be inconsistent because he's a rookie and he's got a rookie thrown to him. But, like, just watching that kid, like, the talented guy. I, I yeah. think the Giants found something in Darius Slayton. So, um, you know, listen, we, we've talked about the Jets and, and their schedule coming up. And, obviously, Darnold's been very inconsistent. But uh, I think Jamison Crowder, uh, Jamison Crowder has a has a real nice schedule here coming up. I think he's pretty interesting as well. Um, let me sort of think about Jamison this. Crowder. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the obvious guys are the obvious guys, right? I I will say also, by the way, regression to the mean. Like I have Odell Beckham. Like I I have a lot of Odell Beckham this year, and uh, I also have a lot of Dalvin Cook. So that's been able to balance out. Yeah, uh, Odell Beckham this year, but uh, like I think Beckham. I think Beckham ends the year on a monster streak here. Wow. Yeah. Because I'm like right on the fence. Hot takey or not, but their schedule gets so much easier. Like it's not a great matchup this week against Pittsburgh. Steelers defense is really kind of right of the ship, especially since uh, the Minka trade. But uh, I think, I think Beckham, look, he's getting a bunch of Enzo looks. He's too talented. Baker's getting better. Their schedule gets a lot easier after this week. Yeah. I think Beckham has, uh, I think Beckham is Beckham the rest of the way. I have been, I have Mayfield in my West Coast. Mm-hmm. Been How's holding been on to him. Well, not only has he been banished to my bench, I actually put him in the attic like three weeks ago. <laughs> I just have him like with some old yeah. sweaters. Right. But it's crazy. This goes back to the whole stupid Browns thing and whether how much of it is hype versus how much of it is reality. I'm afraid to wave him. I do. Sure. They, I'd rather just keep him on my team and have him suck all year over waving him and having somebody pick him up in week 13. And then he goes on like a 30 point a week tear. I don't want it's, it to happen. Yeah. It's that's the worst. That's one of the worst feelings in fantasy football. When you drop a guy, somebody else picks him up and he goes off. Yeah. I don't. And then, and then you get the emails from your buddy who's like, Hey man, thanks for Baker Mayfield. He's <laughs> right, like, fuck right. you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we're going to so take now, it. Which, which league, the West coast league, is that the one uh, that you tweeted at me about the, uh, is that the one that where uh, Rob Stone made the trade? Yeah. We're going to talk about the shady Rob Stone in one second. We're going to take one break. Hey, let's face it. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Studies show 70% of guys who experience erectile dysfunction don't get treated for it. That's bad. The thing most people don't realize is ED is like a check engine light for a man's body. It could be an indicator that there's something more serious going on, like a heart issue or diabetes. Thankfully, our sponsor, Roman, has created an easy, discreet way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. It's a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose your ED, then ship meds right from their pharmacy to your door. With Roman, you don't have to wait in waiting rooms, deal with any awkward face-to-face conversations or make any uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy, just visit GetRoman.com slash Bill. Fill out a brief questionnaire, chat with the doctor, get real FDA-approved medication if recommended by a doctor, all prescribed online, delivered straight to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go talk to a doctor. ED is a problem that guys don't tackle, but it's very important. And now, with Roman, it's really easy to take care of. All right, so in my East Coast League, Rob Stone, who is in playoff contention, makes a trade with a three and seven team who has Russell Wilson on a bye, and has three running backs. He has Dalvin cook, Sony, Michelle and Matt Breida. Um, okay. Breida's hurt this week, but okay. Yeah. So the three and seven team trades Dalvin cook for drew Brees. So, so stoner gets Dalvin cook. The three and seven team gets drew Brees. He has Phil rivers as well. 
right. going against Kansas City. So it's maybe so a five-point is- upgrade, but he loses Dalvin Cook. He doesn't even have three running backs. We start three running backs in our league. Okay. So he's basically going to get a zero or like maybe one or two points from the Dalvin Cook spot because our league, you have to get to 75 point, 75 yards to get points for rushing. Wow. Um, so basically, we all went nuts. And sure. then Stoner, who tries to play the good guy card, I'm just this kid from the streets of Connecticut. Yeah. But right. is as cutthroat as anybody with fantasy. I mean, he's really like, you know, he'll, 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 He'll trade with somebody's corpse if he can win the trade. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, so then we ended up, the commissioners vetoed it. And now now we've been on a whole text chain all morning. Stoner's oh going nuts. He's really upset. It's great. All right. So the guy who did three and seven team is like, I'm an adult. I should be able to make my own decisions. <laughs> Fantasy is the best. Where else can you have interactions like this? Right. No, listen, that's great. And by the way, there, there's nothing better. Uh, when you're not involved in the controversy, yeah, like if you, so you're not the three and seven team, and you're not you're not uh, stoner, right? So, but you're just in the middle of this uh, this you know email exchange or text exchange, this you know long uh, back and forth about some trade or something like that. That's the best, and you just you come in from the sidelines and you you leap off the side rope and you're just oh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, you're just stirring the pot. Is Sal in this league? Is that the league? That Sal's, Sal's not in, in this Sal's... league. This is the East Coast league, East Coast and league, we actually have the veto system. In this league where the commissioner, if he wants with one other person, they can just be like, we basically have a smell test that we had to put in for our friend camp in the nineties. Cause when he was out of it, he would just trade, you know, Steve young for <laughs> Marion butts. Right. So we had to like basically put in this rule and ever since it was kind of, there's a little bit of a code. Like if you're out of it, don't make a trade three and sure. seven, you're not going anywhere. Um, so yeah, so it turned into this whole thing online and it's hilarious because I think all of us are are 50 or older than that now. Right. <laughs> so it's if you think when you when you get old that this stuff isn't still gonna be happening, think again. Yeah. No, you get stupid. But all right, so I have a couple questions about this league. Yeah. Is it a keeper league? Not a keeper league. Not a keeper league. Is there a punishment for last place? There is not, which is a, a very important question because my West Coast League does have the punishment where you have to pay for the end of the year dinner or lunch at uh, at Shakey's, which is right. like a $250 pizza day. So the, so people do care about not finishing last in that league. Okay. So that's important as well. Is there any benefit to improving your record other than just sort of pride and you want to like, you always want to try to, you know, play at the string because it, it matters to everyone. Um, is there anything else? Meaning that, uh, you know, like, do you get a better draft pick for where no, you finish you or anything like that? It's pride only. And then the, here's the other piece. This is the league that we've talked about many times in the past where the top four teams make the playoffs. Right. And you get to keep the playoff guys and it just keeps going all the way through the Super Bowl. Oh, and yeah. You get to yeah, protect yeah. six playoff guys and then draft from the teams that didn't make it, which I still think is one of the great rules of all time. It's a very cool rule. But this is why Dalvin Cook is so important because Minnesota is going to be in the playoffs and they're arguably like an NFC title game team. And he is one of the top five running backs. He's certainly one of the best playoff running backs. And going into the playoffs, he might actually be the best playoff running back. So that's why we all kind of went nuts. Sure. So here's... So... So... I think your league is going to be a little surprised by my ruling on this. Yeah. So, and you, you tell me if I, if I've missed anything here, Yeah. but I would say just in general, hearing everything you've said, it's an awful trade, right? There's, there's no, 
logical reason why the three and seven team who needs to start three running backs, who doesn't have any depth behind Matt Breida, and who has a viable starting quarterback this week in Phillip Rivers, should trade Dalvin Cook, his best for player, Drew his best player for Drew Brees. Now, listen, Brees has a nice matchup. It's on the road at Tampa Bay. Brees has traditionally struggled outside, but you know, Buccaneers secondary has been brutal. I think, you know, Breeze is a consensus top 10 play and a lot of people have him top five this week. So in theory, Breeze should bounce back from last week and have a big game here. So, um, but just on the face of it, like because of the depth of the position at quarterback, and this is a one quarterback league, Dalvin Cook, if you did a draft today, Dalvin Cook would go many rounds ahead of Drew Breeze. Dalvin yeah. Cook would be a top three pick if you, if you were drafting today for the rest of the season. Agree. So, um, so it makes no logical sense. Uh, so I think that it is this three and seven team. I would say there's a reason you're three and seven. <laughs> it's like, like there's literally no way to justify the trade. Yeah. Having said all that, I would not have vetoed. Wow. Okay. Why? Because what, what you just told me, this guy, you have to let people coach their team, even if it's badly, I can sit here and you can sit here. And a lot of people can say like, I don't understand why you would do that. That makes no sense to me. But if the guy is sitting there in the text chain going, look, hey, I need to coach my team the way I want. This is why I did this trade. If he can come up with any reason why he did it, even if you don't agree with the reason, even if he's just like ah, Rivers always stinks against uh, against Kansas City. And I think they're just going to run the hell out of Melvin Gordon the way that, um, you know, the way that Tennessee did where they just, you know, gave the ball to Derrick Henry a bunch of, you know, a bunch of times. That's the way you beat Kansas City, by the way. We saw it with Marlon Mack. We saw it with Derrick Henry. It's just run the hell out of the ball. So I, I don't think Rivers is going to throw it. And I think I can find somebody in the waiver wire and. I'm worried about Dalvin Cook getting hurt. Like I'm, you know, yeah. but whatever the reasons is, whether we agree with him or not, if he has a legit reason, then there's no collusion and you can't, you can't veto it. You have to let people coach their teams, even if it's stupidly, even if it's badly, even if it's in a way that no rational person would do. And this is a guy that I assume has been in this league for a number of years. I know this, your East Coast League has been out around forever. So here's what, here's his defense. You okay. guys know that I've won this thing three times in the last six years, right? If you think I need some sort of oversight or parenting with that track record, then what does that say about your fantasy abilities? Pretty good counter. That is a Solid. pretty good counter. That's like a little that mic one. droppy. Yeah. yeah, it was a little mic droppy. I liked it. I mean, it's honestly one of the dumbest trades I've ever seen. You're going to take a zero oh. at your third running back so you can upgrade by four points for one week before you start Russell Wilson again. Right. And he That's, has Russell Wilson. Right. It, it's it like I said, it makes no sense. But what was his defense? Did he have a football reason why he did the trade? I mean, like track record is great. His but, reason was I want I'm three and seven. I wanted to shake it up. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, a tough a one. That's a that's a that's that's tough. That's like that Dylan, does, Dylan McKay at 902 and <laughs> I've lost all my money. I'm just gonna become a drug addict. I want to shake it up. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't exactly pass the smell test here. Now, I have a question for you. I'm going to I'm going to cause some problems in your East Coast League for you. Yeah. Do you think cuz I mean, I've known Rob Stone forever. Not I mean, not as long as you have, but I've known him for whatever, 15 years or something like that. Yeah. Um and I I don't know him nearly as well as you, but all my interactions with him have always been nothing but, you know, pleasant. Great yeah. guy. Um Great do you guy. think do you think he has done something shady here? Do you think he has said something to this guy and said like, "Listen, I'll I'll whatever. I'll give you half my winning." No, so no, no. He wouldn't do that. Okay. That Rob Stone, great guy. Fantasy football brings the worst out of him. Right. It it just does. He would there he would run like over family members to 
win his league. He just is very cutthroat. It's uh, a, it's it's a side of him that, frankly, I'm ashamed to tell America about. <laughs> He'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> that smiling wow. guy you see in college football and soccer, and you're like, wow, that guy seems like a happy, nice guy. I bet he has everybody's back. He does, unless he's in your fantasy football league. And in then he, he will gut you. He will honestly, <laughs> he will gut you. I absolutely know people like that that yeah. are like 180 degrees from how they are in 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 real life. Uh, but once they get into a fantasy league, it's just uh, it's just insanity. It's like they get, it's like they get to enter this new world where they get to be a bad person. Yeah, yeah it's like Breaking Bad. Kyle said it's like Breaking Bad. It's <laughs> this fantasy football is Breaking Bad. Like Breaking Bad. It's basically he's selling meth in New Mexico, but on the side. Um, the best part though is the guy who is the original commissioner of league camp, who used to ma- hand write hand write out the standings and the scores and mail them out every week. Um, he. I won't say he's the most committed fantasy owner. Okay. And every time we have some sort of controversy, it circles back where everybody starts making fun of camp. (laughs) Stoner said, uh, he, he texted, this is like at the end of a 300 text thread because camp manages his team. Like he's on a ventilator (laughs) ventilator. Are we allowed to conduct business with him? And, and then that led to a whole bunch of vent- camping on a ventilator. And when he is on a ventilator 40 years from now, how will right. we know the difference with his fantasy <laughs> team? <laughs> right. It's just, he's always in the drive-by shootings. But yeah. Right. I, and they cut to camp going like, what did I do? This, this is all about stoners like, crack train. Just getting shot by a straight bullet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I see both sides. My thing is, I don't like when, I don't think a team that's out of the race should actually affect the fantasy title after with like 10 weeks when you really have no well, chance. Well, that's why you have to have a trade deadline. So there, there needs, other than an unwritten rule, there needs to be a trade deadline or there needs to be a, uh, an incentive to keep trading open. Like we're, we're so, uh, this deep dynasty league that I'm in that I mentioned actually the last time yeah. uh, that Danny Kelly's in. Right. So, we're actually having this debate internally among ourselves about a trade deadline, which hadn't really been set up. And I'm just like, I'm of the camp like, why are we having a trade deadline? And I'm like, I'm in second place in this league. And, yeah. But they're like, well, because you, you don't want somebody affecting. I'm like, but it's a dynasty league where it's a dynasty league where you keep all 33 players for the course of their career if you want. Yeah. So, so if if you're a three and if you're a team that's out of it and you want to do a deal, you should. Like we literally just had a deal last week where a guy that's like in second to last traded Tyler Lockett to the first place team for like, like all of his draft picks in 2021, like some scrub and all of his draft picks in 2021 Four uh, four draft picks in 2021. We we do a four round rookie draft every year. So, and like, I didn't love the trade. I actually thought if he'd put Tyler Lockett up on the, uh, on the block, he'd have gotten a, a better offer, but whatever, like that's a guy that realizes he's not going anywhere. And he felt like this is the best offer he could get for Tyler Lockett. And, you know, I'm, I'm basically competing with this first place team. So I was annoyed by it, but fair deal. And so we're having this argument. Uh, but my argument is, Hey, if you're going to be trading, like, cause it will always affect your team. Right. Right. I mean, like, cause so yeah, that, that guy's going to, he loses title locket. He's, he's tanking, but he's playing for, you know, it's a dynasty league. So he's, he's fortifying. He got draft picks for next year and for 2021. Well, when when is the right time for a trade deadline? Because in my opinion, it's either after week eight or just don't have one at all. Oh, I would go deeper than that. I think uh, 
Because if you're not going to have it after like week I would 10, week then just 12. don't have it. No, I, I think week 11 or 12, after week 11 or week 12, right? So I, I think usually, I think the standard ESPN trade deadline is next week. I think it's after week 11, like so heading into week 12. So you actually have, because most playoffs start week 14. So you have two weeks. You can, you can, you know, you end it by then. And so there's, uh, you have two weeks until the playoffs and then you've got the playoffs. So teams that are out of it can make a deal and you can sort of, you can make a deal going to the, uh, you know, going to the stretch run. But again, I think there needs to be some incentive for everyone. You want people to keep playing, whether it's to avoid a last place punishment, whether it's your draft order. Like I've been in leagues where the draft orders determine like, say six teams make the playoffs, right? Yeah. So the number one pick the next year goes to the seventh place team, not the 12th place team. So that like you, the idea would be is that you want to keep uh, playing that, you know, seventh place gets pick one, eighth place gets picked two mm. and so on and so forth. So that you at least even in a redraft league, so that it gives you some incentive to keep playing throughout the season, because even though a team's three and seven and they're out of it, if they're playing a team that you're competing with for the playoffs, you want that three and seven team to, to field a good lineup, right? You want them to, to try because it matters to you. You, you would like, uh, you don't want teams that you're competing with to have a, a layup, right? Can we do a quick buy and sell before you go? Yeah, let's do it. And we'll make this legitimately quick. Cause I want to save two minutes at the end and talk about the nine Oh two and O reboot. Okay. Uh, yeah. Buy or sell Josh Jacobs. Here's the case for selling huge workload already did not face yep. this kind of workload in college. And He's on pace now for, you know, 300 carries and, um, I don't know, 25 catches. And especially this is a team that's potentially a playoff team. Are you buying or selling? I am selling that statement. They, they, they want, you know, I mean, the, the argument is, is that, yes, he never had this workload in college, so he's fresh. Raiders offensive line has played well. And to get that kind of volume, like I have him as a top three play this week. He, he was my, Josh Jacobs was my preseason fantasy ride or die the guy that I sort of planted my flag on. Yep. And uh, I think people were thought I was crazy about that, but I was just like, guys, talented guy who's going to get an insane workload. I actually thought he'd be more involved in the passing game than he has been so far, but uh, it's a, it's a, it's not a schedule that scares you coming up. You obviously love him this week at home against Cincinnati. And so, no, I mean, I'm not worried about him, him hitting a rookie wall or anything like that. So and you're, so you're buying Josh Jacobs then. I'm buying Josh Jacobs. Okay. I was selling this. I was selling, selling the idea. I got you that uh, he's a, that he's quote a sell high or something like that. Are you buying Christian McCaffrey being able to do this for six more weeks? Yes. Unequivocally. Yeah, no question. Okay. Unequivocally. Um, Casey's offense. Are you buying it the rest of the way as being the juggernaut that we thought they were going to be heading into the season? Yes. I believe they. I believe you sounded, you sounded hesitant on that one. Yeah, I mean, look, they they haven't looked exactly right, um, but they also haven't had their pieces all together, right? So they they haven't gotten the run game going the way they wanted to, and that's a little bit of a mess. But so I think in terms of the passing game, now that they have Mahomes, that they have Hill, that they have Watkins, I mean, I, without off the top of my head, I can't remember. I mean, it maybe it's one game or two at the most where they've had their what they want their starting lineup to be. Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes under center. Mm. Like how many times have those four guys played in the same game together this year? I don't think it's many. So, cause Watkins been in and out of the lineup. Obviously, I'm buying Hill as has. well because I, I think, I think Hardman is terrifying. Do you see that play yeah. last week when he caught, he caught a pass and he had three defenders around him and he just kind of 
<laughs> he pressed the oh. zoom button. Oh, yeah. just was gone. And you're putting that guy in the field as your third receiver now with Kelsey, with Watkins and with Hill. And yeah. you have like, I a don't know, a nickelback from his knees. And you have a nickelback or a dimeback covering him. They, I actually think he's a sleeper down the stretch because it feels like he could have a 50 yard touchdown every week if he has the right matchup. He certainly could. The, I think he's going to be a better NFL player than consistent fantasy player, assuming the health of Watkins and everyone else, just because like, I agree with you. I think between now and the end of the year, he'll have two games where he just has kind of monster numbers or, you know, at least one big play, but trying to figure out when those games are going to be, especially because they like Demarcus Robinson there and he gets some looks as well. And so, Um, you know, Kirk cousins, our eighth highest fantasy quarterback right now, almost has 200 points. He's he, been great recently, yeah. He's looked shockingly competent for, I would say, six straight weeks. Are you buying him the rest of the way? I am, because here's the thing about Kirk Cousins. He is one of, if not the best, play-action quarterback in the NFL. He is amazing uh, off of play-action. And when the running game is working the way it is in Minnesota, and you know Cook's been a revelation, and adding Gary Kubiak to that staff, we talked about this in the preseason, uh, has been... Has been fantastic. <laughs> Madison, by the way, you know, I've said this for a long time, but anyone listening, like Alexander Madison needs to be rostered in a hundred percent of leagues. Mm. Like, because Dalvin Cook, like, if anything were to ever happen to Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison would be a top five fantasy running back. Uh anyway, but so yes, I am. Look, I, he's been putting up numbers. Uh, you know, last week wasn't great, but he's been putting up numbers even with feeling banged up. You know, he's he's got uh Ola BC Johnson out there, the ghost of Laquan Treadwell, like uh, Cousins <laughs> has played well. So I, I buy him. I buy him as a top 12-ish guy the rest of the way. Top 12-ish. Yeah, that's what I would say. They still want to be run. They still want to be run heavy. Uh, you know, I don't love the matchup at home this week against Denver. Like there's, you know, there's going to be the schedule's okay. So yes, I would say off the top of my head ranking for the rest of the season, I think he's top 12-ish. Who is your number one defense the rest of the way? Uh, you know, Pittsburgh was Pittsburgh's really coming on. They've been great. I still think it's got to be the Patriots, though, right? I mean, you know, off of the bye, like I, you know, I know their schedule gets tougher, but I can't imagine like if I were drafting today, and the Ravens have really started to come on as well. But if I'm drafting today, the Patriots defense is the first one that comes off the board. Who's second? Oh, hey, this is interesting. What? Just got, an, uh, just got an alert from the Fantasy Life app. I don't know if you've downloaded my Fantasy Life app yet. It's free. The alerts crush. So download it for two days, Bill, and you will text me and say, it's changed my life. Anyway, Fantasy Life uh, app just sent me an alert. Bears coach Matt Nagy says David Montgomery lightly rolled an ankle in practice yesterday. They're going to oh. keep an eye on him for Sunday night's game. Oh. That is from Brad Biggs. So uh, that's, it- what they, that's what the app does is it... it uh, it covers like every reporter you've never you've uh, every you know you you know the you, you know the Schefters and the Morts and yeah. you know all the newsbreakers the big name guys Field Yates your buddy Field Yates but it my uh, guy yeah um, but uh, he it was very funny uh, when uh, when Field heard that I was coming on your show 
Field texted me a whole list of things. He's like, hey, just so you know, here's what's going on in Bill's life recently. You know, he's just like, he just turned 50 and it, like he, yeah. he's like, and he had a party and the whole thing. Like he's got, uh, anyway, he's a big fan. He's a big Simmons fan. I appreciate he, that. I'm going to have to have him on. You Can, should. I have to ask you about Tariq Cohen then because I think Tariq, They got rid of Mike Davis. Yeah. Well, Tariq Cohen is this year's winner of the everybody irrationally likes this guy and overvalues him, but he's fucking terrible. Has yes. he ever had a good week ever? He's had one or two, but like not, last year, not I mean, this he's year, been a, he's been a significant disappointment from last year. Honestly, that might be the the more more shocking thing. We, you know, we all dump on the Browns, but offensive genius Matt Nagy and the Bears, you know, who were whatever a you know a chip shot field goal away from going to the championship game last year. Yeah, and uh, or you know, and they've been awful. I mean, the, the Trubisky, his regression, the offense as a whole has looked brutal. Montgomery, like, I Alan watched Robinson's their offense. the only startable piece of that offense. Like, the, I the, know, I feel the bad Bears, for him. The, uh, I mean, I watched their offense, and it it's the same feeling I have when I watch the Browns offense, where they're trying so hard to be cute and inventive. And it's just like, just use your players normally. Just, you have Nick Chubb, just run them up the middle. Yeah. What, what, what are you like doing these delayed flip passes to him? He's Nick Chubb. Why are you sending him on these delayed pitches on the two yard line when he doesn't have, you know, he's not Kareem Hunt. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get some of these coaches. It, it, it's, it will be interesting. So bears play Rams this week and that's like two offenses, like to different degrees, but two offenses that we expected a lot out of this year and that just haven't, haven't come together. I mean, I didn't, I didn't ask you about Hopkins. Okay. He has as many points this year as DK Metcalf. Yeah, it's it's been the touchdowns. Like, he's been fine, but he hasn't been DeAndre Hopkins in capital letters the way you expected. And it's weird because Watson's had a good year. Yeah. And the throw, it just, for whatever reason, that's just the, you know, that's another guy that I think you could see just having a monster run down the stretch because he's too talented. He's getting the targets. He's getting all the looks. It's just, you know, the touchdowns haven't been there for Hopkins. Are you a Jameis guy going down the stretch? I am. Me With too. my fingers crossed and my eyes kind of squinty closed, like I, you know, I don't just kind of like, uh, you know, like mm. which is how you have to watch Jameis. But look, it's one of those things that like just don't watch the games. The da- games will drive you crazy. <laughs> just, just look at the box score. That's a good idea. Look at the box score after, like that's that's how you have to have uh, Jameis on your fantasy team. But Sal you know, and I talked. Sal and I talked about him on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I I have both Tampa receivers, so I watch basically all of their snaps on offense. Right. Jameis is the most exciting player in the league. He really is. Every every single play, something great or terrible can happen. Yeah. He, he every every player in the field is involved in a Jameis play. All twenty two <laughs> guys. Yeah. All twenty one guys. Exciting. You know, I, I would put Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes on there, but the most um edge of your seat seat nerve wracking guy okay, in the NFL. Maybe that maybe that's fine. Whatever yeah. you want to say. He he's the only player in the league who involves all the players in the field which I think is to his credit and his detriment. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know, is, is Jameis Winston the starting quarterback of the Tampa Buccaneers next year? I think he, if you, if you just throw away the two terrible plays he makes every game, right. If you, if you watched a game tape of the Bucks and they just edited those two plays out, you would think he was one of the best five players in football. Yeah. And then he'll have a play where he just goes back to pass and the ball comes out of his hand and goes backwards 20 yards and they run it in for a touchdown. You're like, yeah. oh, that's what he does. Right. You're like, there There are moments where you're like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. 
You know, that's the Florida State guy. That's the guy that was, you know, drafted number one overall. And then there's another play that you're like, you know, that's right. the guy that that was in a competition with Mike Glennon. <laughs> but here's <laughs> the like, thing, though. Yeah. Some some QBs are just unlucky. Because sure. I've watched a lot of the Niners this year, including Monday night's game. Garoppolo has thrown 20 passes to the other team and they've dropped yes. 15 of them, 14 of them. Yes. I, Insanely he, is, lucky. he is just as reckless with the ball as Jameis is. He just, for whatever reason, every time Jameis is reckless, it ends up being a turnover. And with Garoppolo, it's just, he's that guy this year where you watch him and you're like, how does this guy not have 25 interceptions? Yeah. I mean, and by the way, that's one of the reasons why I think Shanahan tries to protect him. Yeah. And that way they go so run heavy. Look, I, there are a lot of people in NFL circles that I have talked to uh, that think Garoppolo may not be that much better than Nick Mullins. That the yeah. 49ers on some level got very unlucky with Garoppolo. So many people thought, oh, they totally got lucky because of whatever happened with the Patriots, all of a sudden Belichick calls up and says, we'll give him to you for a two. And, you know, every team in the NFL would be like, oh, uh, yeah, you bet. And so they do it and he plays a couple of games and does well. And so they've got to sign into the big contract. But with, you know, sort of more of a sample size, there are people that sort of think, you know what, this, they, they'd certainly be, you know, it, it'd be a lot more cap friendly and they wouldn't be uh, worse off if they had Nick Mullins under center. Mm. Whether that's true or not, I know that there are people, there, there, are, there are smart people in the NFL that legitimately believe that. So I guess uh, we'll remain to be seen if, uh, if that's the actual case. But it's, it's interesting. We have to go. You're a very okay. busy man. You have a lot of shit going on. Yep. Um, but before we go, they didn't bring our show back. They got really I know. Good. Been unable to get a real answer on this one. The ratings definitely dropped for yep. the 902 reunion. It was critically acclaimed. Yeah. Multiple critics wrote like really nice pieces at the after the end of the run and being like, wow, this show is actually pretty fun and nostalgic and I'm interested to see where it goes. And then Fox was like, no, actually, we're not that interested. We've decided to cancel it. So my guess is it was probably such a pain in the ass behind the scenes that Fox was probably like, we're good. Yeah, maybe, Let's get but out of I mean, here. It, maybe, but it, it also may not, like, you just don't know. It may not, first off, it just could be a bad decision. It could be in terms of how it's skewed. I mean, like, because you and I are basically 50 year old white men. I don't know that we're what Fox is looking for. You're right. <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't think so? But I, I, I don't, I don't actually, I think they're okay. If we don't watch their network, uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, is the appeal, was there appeal for younger viewers or is it just nostalgic for people like yourself and, and me who just, you know, who grew up on that show and loved that show? But I have to believe it's such a passionate following for that show that one of these streaming services could pick it up. I mean, listen, Hulu has all of the original 90210. Yeah. Could, you know, could, could Disney Plus pick it up? Could Hulu pick it up? One of these, one of these streaming services. The problem is, um, they didn't have any of the music rights for the for the shows from the nineties. Okay, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't realize they needed to do that. Right. So they have to like in Melrose Place has this issue too. They have to dub, me, cleared music over the musical soundtrack choices they chose. Which in the nineties, those shows were pretty hip with the music they took. Oh, absolutely. And now it's like dubbed with this generic kind of elevator pop music. <laughs> and I gotta be honest, I it hurts. Recently on Hulu, I have to do that. It hurts. It I'm hurts. Sure. Just go spend Hulu. How you more money than God? Disney stock just went admit, way up. 
I'm embarrassed to admit the number of times like I would hear a song on the radio, you know, and like someone would say like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a big hit. I'm like, oh, who is that? And they tell me and I'm like, oh, I know who that person is because I saw them at the Peach Pit. They played like <laughs> two months before at the Peach Pit. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, well, so I agree with you. They they actually did a pretty good job with the musical entity. So I'm I'm insane. Uh, I'm very upset about this. I thought for sure it would come back. Or I, I had hoped we talked last time. I was just like, hey, I'm, I'm a little nervous. That it's on the bubble. Um I hope can we can we start a uh can the ringer do some sort of uh you know campaign here of you know some sort of uh email campaign or petition you know I'll try to help amplify it like let's can we take to the streets can we can we light our pitchforks and uh torches I uh I think I think it's gone I think the body is dead <sighs> I here's my hope though maybe this will revive their interest in Another sort of nano to an OE kind of idea. We can only hope. We can only hope. We can only I, dream. I thought it was very clever, though. I agree with you. I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was a very clever way to do, uh, to do the reboot. And uh, I'm bummed. And I I feel like I don't know. A lot of people listen to your podcast, Bill. Come on, some somebody that's an executive at a streaming <sighs> service out there. Now pick this thing up. Let's go. Chop chop. You'll you'll get my eight bucks a month or whatever it is. The minute you uh, the minute you announce that. By the way, I had I had three of my hungover college buddies in town on Sunday, and we all were watching your show over the other pregame show. So, congrats on that. I appreciate that. that. Thank good. you. Listen, people, people it, were into it. So, keep it drunk. Up. Fifty year olds. That's our target that's, audience. That's, that's great it. to hear. I know that's a huge advertising demo right now. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, it is. But yeah, well, thanks. We we uh, we definitely appreciate the support. We're over there on ESPN two, fantasy football now, ten a.m. Eastern. And, uh, you know, we don't get a lot of love. And so any promotion is uh, we appreciate very much. Matthew Barry, pleasure as always. Say hi to everybody back in Bristol. I will. Thanks, Bill. All right, we're going to Mallory Rubin in one second. First, let me tell you about Ray Donovan returning to Showtime this Sunday. Ray has navigated the mean streets of New York. Everyone's favorite fixer is determined to become a better man. But past threats resurface. Hate when that happens that require the Ray of old, once again, cleaning up after his father Mickey's mess. Ray is forced to confront a dangerous enemy from their family's past while avoiding authorities hell-bent on putting the Donovans behind bars. Will Ray do what's needed to fix the family's dilemma or will he walk away and finally fix himself? Find out how it all unfolds. Liev Schreiber and John Voigt star in a new season of Ray Donovan this Sunday, all new time, 8 p.m. Eastern, only on Showtime. To try a free month of Showtime, go to Showtime.com, enter code BS, offers for first-time subscribers only, and expires on December 31st. And since we're here, speaking of offers, turn your dream into reality with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easier than ever to launch a passion project, whether you're looking to start a new business, showcase your work, publish content, sell products, and more. Squarespace is the tool for you with beautiful templates created by world-class designers and the ability to customize just about anything with a few clicks. You can easily make a beautiful website yourself. Squarespace's powerful e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything online. Analytics help you grow your site in real time. They have that too. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. Nothing to patch or upgrade ever. Buying domains is simple. You'll get the help you need. With Squarespace's 24-7 award-winning customer support, they empower millions of people from designers to lawyers, artists to gamers, even restaurants and gyms to turn ideas into something real. Head to squarespace.com slash BS for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code BS to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
squarespace.com slash BS offer code BS. All right, let's bring her in the mother of dragons, Mallory Rubin. All right, Mallory Rubin is here. Hello. I thought of you this week. Oh, that's nice. Not Why? just because we work together. There was a video online of Lamar and Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to Lamar. Very special. <laughs> just was so inspired by Lamar's performance against the Bengals. Walked over to him and had like a sports movie moment with him. And just just really just wanted to tell him how special he was and that kids were going to be wearing number eight jerseys for the next 20 years. And Lamar's kind of like, I just want to make the Super Bowl coach. That's and, right. And Harbaugh was just like, look, you don't understand. This is really special what's happening here. It, it was, was really cool. It was a good moment. It was incredible. Lamar's response to the the line about how so many kids are going to be wearing number eight jerseys for the next 20 years. His exact quote was, I can't wait to see it when I get older, but right now I got to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Unbelievable. Was that everything you, if Lamar had been holding a cat, maybe that's the only way it would have been more in your wheelhouse. As I, as I told you, I recently discovered that Marlon Humphrey maintains an Instagram for his cat. Mm. So maybe if Lamar had been holding Snowflake, Marlon Humphrey's cat, while also quoting lines from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and then saying that, that would have really accounted for the bulk of my interests. And if and if then Harbaugh said, and I really think they screwed up the last season of Game of Thrones, <laughs> Lamar's right. You're right, coach. I just, I just want to make a Super Bowl. I, I just needed Lamar to turn and say, coach, I just got out. I got to know one thing. How did Danny kind of forget about the Iron Fleet? She just, and then it would have been perfect, Bill. That was all I needed. That you probably would have had a stroke if he said that, though. <laughs> I don't think your brain wouldn't have been able to handle that. It was really a lovely little moment captured. It seemed very sincere. The affection that they have for each other seems very genuine. It's very moving. I find it inspiring. I'm it's all funny. in. Yeah, it's funny. Mahomes last year, I felt like his approval rating was about as high as it gets for a football player. Mm -hmm. It reached like this weird Steph Curry level. Mm -hmm. And then this year, Lamar's approval rating in a weird way, it might be higher because he also gets to pull in all the people on social media and the sports writers who are like, they said he should be a wide receiver. Look how stupid everyone is. And so he's even getting those people in. I don't feel like Mahomes had that crowd, the yeah. resentful, bitter crowd of just people pointing out how wrong everybody was instead of just enjoying it. Yeah, it, there, Mahomes had a small contingent of doubters that he got to to you know hold, lord his success over like there was the group of people who thought it was ridiculous to imply that the chiefs should have moved on from alex smith yeah. and gone with mahomes because of course you know we we tend to it feels like a different time in in the world where this was possible but patrick mahomes did not play as a rookie right he backed up alex smith there's that and then there was of course this the group of people who still were saying you know system quarterback when he was coming out of texas tech which was if you watched even a second of his tape, just objectively, patently absurd. So he had it a bit, but you're right. I mean, obviously with Lamar, it was a defining narrative around him coming out of the draft and out of his rookie season and even heading into this year. It's just been a delight in every respect. Uh, spoiler alert, I have a Lamar item coming for you today. Oh, I figured. Yeah. Well, really, it was just Bill Polian and Booger McFarlane and like yeah, two other people, right? Was, was there more than that? It's more people than, more people than that. There's more people I'll than that. I'll tell you who wanted him, me and Kyle. You two have been there the whole way. Your team passed on him once. You don't deserve him. Took Hayden Hurst over him. That was a tough one. You don't moment. deserve him. 
That was a tough It's kind moment. of been lost in the course not of the me. Lamar Ravens history. <laughs> not to me, it hasn't. Because you were you flipped out when I did. they did that. Yeah, I did. But it all worked out. It all worked out. All right. It all what did every every week you do Mallory's most intriguing? And then Joe House comes on and do million dollar picks, but mm-hmm. he's Joe House has a real life. He couldn't come on today. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I had no idea. He has a real job sometimes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Stuff happens. He wins one World Series and it all falls apart. I replaced him with Matthew Barry. It's fine. <laughs> Guess what America loves? Fantasy football. It's true. It's all good. It's true. How are your fantasy teams doing right now? It's I they're both very good. Thank you for asking. I have a decision to make. Yeah. This is not one of my items, but I need to decide right now if I'm going to trade Odell Beckham or if I'm going to stick with it. So we had in my league last week, somebody finally gave up on him because it's one of those things. You hit that. Matthew Barry and I just talked about it. That weird, because I have Baker Mayfield on my West Coast team. Right. And I want to wave him and just get him off my team. But I don't want to wave him because if I wave him and then he's good, I'm going to feel like the biggest asshole in the world. So you're just kind of stuck with these guys that are just killing you. It's a very unpleasant thing. I had the, I had the, the, where I'm at this, this league where I have Odell, it was a snake draft, unfortunately, not an auction. And I had my picks at the turn at the back of the first round. And I took Julio and Odell back to back. And it's been, mm. uh, candidly a debacle. Yeah. I am amazingly currently in the final playoff position, but I feel like I can't afford to lose again if I'm going to make the playoffs. And Odell is every, every week I look at it and I just, I can't believe it's my life, but well, I want to root this. for him. Mid-afternoon, so by the time people hear this, Odell have already played. My guess is it won't go that well against the Steelers secondary, but we'll see. Minka. Minka out there. Man, love Minka. I'm glad you brought up Minka because I keep talking about how they should have um, done a top five protected pick, and apparently you're not allowed to do that. Wrong sport, yeah. In the NFL, but it still feels like you are allowed to do that, just the rules have to be different. I've been saying wrong sport every time I've been listening to you say that, driving. But that's no, okay. but you can do it. It's just a little different than how you do the NBA. It is different. It could basically, it would revert to a, t- a second round pick immediately. And that's, that's where it becomes less appetizing for Miami because they were being offered real number ones. Steelers might make the playoffs. Yeah. That trade worked out. They're like 22nd in DVOA. Doesn't seem like their QB. I don't even want to talk about okay. that because tonight he might throw for five TDs. Okay. What do you have? What do you have for your most intriguing? Before we do football, yeah, let's start with a pop culture item. Number five, The Mandalorian is here at last. Yeah, people, <laughs> Kyle, people seem so like they really like it. Kyle, did you did you listen to binge mode yet on The Mandalorian? No. The podcast is three times the length of the actual episode of television. How long is the podcast? Minutes. What the hell? An hour forty five. Hour forty four. But every do you guys liked it, right? <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. I loved it. You know what helps when you launch Disney Plus is to have an awesome show oh, that people man. want to watch. It was so it was so fun, so good. And then the really cool thing is we get an, we get episode two tomorrow. Yeah. Like already we get it. There are two episodes in the first week. The whole first season. They is stole eight this episodes. model from the Book of Basketball 2.0 podcast. They the were bundling. like, look at what Simmons did. <laughs> we should steal this for Mandalorian. It's Really cool to think about in a couple different ways. The streaming wars with the seemingly instant success of Disney Plus, early reports, 10 million subscribers. Oh, I think it's even it's higher than be, that, right, yeah. Climbing rapidly from there. Also, the macro, what is Star Wars storytelling in 2019, 2020, because we're coming off kind of a shift, you know? It looked like for a while we would be heading into this era of anthology filmmaking. We had Rogue One, we had Solo, 
all these other things were in development, but Solo didn't do well, though that movie is underrated and I would love for people to give it a second chance. Boba Fett movie, canceled. Benioff and Weiss not doing their planned trilogy. A lot of the creative mind share, obviously Rise of Skywalker, the end of the Skywalker saga is coming in December, but it's about the live action television shows now. You know, we have, in addition to Mandalorian, a Cassian show. Cassian, a character from Rogue One, is in development. We're getting, we found out. That is. Really? Did you not see Rogue One? Which one was that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh boy. <laughs> I've only seen the first three that came out in the 70s and 80s. That's not true. You've I seen swear, more than that. No, that's honestly true. Was never a Star Wars guy. So if I if I say to you, I don't know who Cassian is. I have the high ground. You don't know what I mean. No. If I say we sing in a podcast, you don't know what I mean. Nope. Boy, Kyle, this is tough. We should we should make Bill do a Star Wars marathon with us. Anyway, the point being, we're getting an Obi Wan Disney Plus show. Remembered All of him. these television. Oh, I mean, who doesn't? All of these television shows are in development, and it was important that Mandalorian resonate and succeed. And it, it couldn't be a more auspicious start. And in addition to just the state of Star Wars storytelling, the show itself is awesome. And I think it's really cool to expand what Star Wars stories are beyond the Skywalkers. And that is yeah. like, that comment is sacrilege to some people, which I, you know, I see you, I acknowledge you, you're all entitled to your own opinions. That's fine. We don't all have to agree. But to me, one of the best things about fantasy and science fiction stories is the idea that Anybody can make a difference, right? Anybody can do something impactful and cool. Anybody can become the hero and make the choice that matters. And broadening the scope of focus helps to solidify and reinforce that theme in a way that I think is important and cool. You should watch The Mandalorian. You'd like it. Pedro Pascal, The Red Viper. I'll be interested to see if my son gets into it. I, I was very impressed by Disney+. Plus. Yeah. It's and, great. And then like some ESPN people tweeted about it and then everybody got upset because everybody has to just get upset about everything in 2018. And it's like, what are you guys upset about? Disney Plus is awesome. It's very cool. Have you cool. clicked on it? It has like every Disney movie ever. It's very My cool. son went nuts. It's, it's The Simpsons and Pixar and Marvel and, and it's like 60 bucks a year. Like what the fuck are you guys complaining about? It's delightful. I you love could, it. You could literally just have Disney Plus and not have any of the other streaming things. You'd be fine. Plus, you get Disney, Hulu, and ESPN. It's like 12 bucks a month. Yeah, that bundle is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Why are people mad? I don't know. People just want to be mad. People seem happy. Like, oh my God, Adam Schefter did a, did a Disney Plus tweet. I'm so upset. It's like, well, who cares? I, Do you honestly care what Adam Schefter does? If he walked into your living room, would you care? Probably. I'd be like, oh, cool. That's Adam yeah, Schefter. I'm going to ask him if, Cap if this Kaepernick thing's real. I'm not going to be like, hey, I wonder what he thinks about Disney Plus. Who cares what he thinks? <laughs> Nobody. You wouldn't talk to him about Michigan? No, I talked to him about football because yeah. that's what I care about with Adam Schefter. Yeah. Do I care about his thoughts about Disney Plus? No. No. Okay. So you didn't watch The Mandalorian. No. You're not ready to engage with me about the twist ending about Redacted, but- I had I had a fun game for you to play because I figured you'd bring up Mandalorian. Okay. Keep in mind, I know nothing. Okay. I didn't see the last six movies. Five well, movies? it depends on if you're counting Rogue One and and Solo, because then it would be seven. You wouldn't have seen the prequels, the two new ones, or the anthology films. I know nothing. I read nothing. Okay. Are you about to spoil the end of Mandalorian for people? No. Okay. I don't know what Mandalorian is. Okay. So here are my guesses. Okay. So Mandalorian can either be 
a character that could be like his last name. Don't don't <laughs> spoil it for me. Okay. It could either be his last name. It could be a planet. Mm-hmm. It could be like one of those flying, what do they do? The flying saucer things they have? Spaceships. They do not call them flying saucers. They're, just spaceships? Ships. What about like, don't they have those little mini things that fly? Speeders? This is great. Swoop bikes? Swoop bikes, whatever. Well, um, I can talk about Star Wars ships with you all day. Or it could be like a political party. You want to talk about an X-Wing? A TIE fighter? A political party like the Mandalorians have taken over? Okay. So what is it? Is the man? What is Mandalorian? You were you were closer than you might think, actually. Yeah. Mandalore is a planet. Oh, I should have guessed that. And the Mandalorians are a people. And the lead character, Pedro Pascal's currently unnamed character. This is one of the things that I think actually, th- this is my sincere pitch to you. I think you would like it. John Favreau, who's making the show, it's the the Western homage and Western tropes. And also, as Jason Concepcion pointed out on Binge Mode, the samurai tropes are and 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 nods are very, very, very present throughout the storytelling. So a lot of the characters on the planets that we've seen so far are unnamed. A lot of it is about the idea of this new frontier and what identity means. So the main character is the Mandalorian. He's wearing the Mandalorian armor, the iconic, Bo- you know who Boba Fett is. If I say Boba Fett, you can conjure an image in your mind, right? From the original from the original trilogy, Boba Fett. Come on, the, the the signature T on the helmet. You know, if I showed you Boba Fett, I honestly you would know. don't. I honestly don't know. <sighs> I'm right. sorry. Well, he Boba Fett and Jango Fett from the the. <laughs> now we're getting deep into it. It's hard he, to. He didn't read the books, Mallory. He doesn't. <laughs> Jango bounty Fett. hunters. Jango, yeah, Jango Fett, bounty hunters, and so this character, the Mandalorian, is a bounty hunter, and. We don't know much about the motivation yet, but rogue agent out there hunted the bounties as a bounty hunter hunter does. Does he have a dog? No. Are there animals on the Mandalorian planet? Well, I mean, certainly in the in the first. Well, he wasn't on Mandalore. He's you know he's out there flying the Razor Crest. Oh, Mandalore is the planet. Mandalore is the planet, and, and the Mandalorian is out there pursuing his bounties. And the 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 animal he ran into two a couple blurgs. There were some blurgs in the first episode. Blurgs are creatures that you, you don't. Do you want to know what blurgs are? Probably no. not. We'll move on we're, past blurgs. We're deep diving too much. <laughs> Was Mandalore in the first three movies, or did they make that up? Did John Favreau, they're like, we're going to do this, come up with a new planet? Mandalore is established canon. If you're interested in learning more about Mandalore, I would highly recommend that you check out Clone Wars, the animated series. Uh, You can learn a lot more about the politics. Mandalore, Mandalore, a lot of war, a lot of strife. The Mandalorians are fabled warriors. Uh, A lot of conflict with the Jedi over the years. Part of what was so interesting about this first episode is Beskar steel was, or metal was introduced. It's like the Valerian steel of this story. To give you a, oh, a so comp. now I understand. And part of the reason it matters is because it's it's so strong that it can uh, it can withstand the glancing blow from a lightsaber, which is unbelievably precious. But also, it represents something about Mandalorian people and identity. I really liked it. Also, it was thirty nine minutes. That's another another sell. Thirty nine minutes. A crisp thirty nine, and that included wow. credits. Bill, that included credits. Wow, Mandalore. Wonderful. Mandalore sounds like a casino in Vegas. Yes, it does. It's like, where'd you go last night? I went to the Mandalore. I lost $200. Mandalore Moon. 
Uh, there was also, I won't say what it, what it was because I don't want to spoil it for people, but the end of the first episode was Ooh-wee. really exceptional, an incredible twist and hook that connects to the, the story in a way that people who have really any exposure to Star Wars would be like, holy shit. Right, Kyle? Yeah, awesome battle scenes too. Fucking yeah. incredible. Yeah. It was great. Okay. All right. Check it out. I'll I'll watch it with Ben Simmons. He'll like it. Don't you think Ben will like it, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like minimal hyper violent, actually. Sean described it and Mike also on our site as justified with blasters. Like it's a gunslinger show. Yeah, it's sweet. Is it gonna lead to Ben demanding a lightsaber and then hitting me in the balls with it? Oh no. Uh, Almost. If he gets a lightsaber, yes. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. There's a, a droid that shoots like 40 40 humanoids in one and a half minutes. IG-11. It's great stuff. Anyway, next. All right, number four. (laughs) Do the Rams have a pulse? Is there any hope left for the Rams? And at what point do we have to start thinking about where the Rams rank on the all-time Super Bowl loss hangover list? Oh. That's that's where I am with the Rams. Heading into... The Super Bowl hangover is one of the most effective predictors that we have. And we all and missed it's so it. So simple, this team. we ignore it every year. I ignored it this year with the Rams. We all missed it with this team. We did, but it's time to uh, it's time to ignore it no longer. We're heading into a Sunday night football matchup, right? I'm calling up their schedule. I'm listening to you. the Bears are at the Rams. Yeah, that this- is a game that they absolutely have to win. This is a game their defense should be able to win by itself. And now today there was word Montgomery sprained his ankle. Twisted it, whatever he did, and they might there might be a lot of Tariq Cohen in this game, the most mm-hmm. overrated player in the league. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Do how about do anything, Tariq Cohen? We all like the idea of Tariq Cohen, but he never lives up to the idea. Part of it is how they deploy him, though. It's just we love little guys. We love little NFL guys. I'm excited to see Allen Robinson against Jalen Ramsey, a matchup of former Jaguar teammates. So they're five and four, home Chicago, home Baltimore. That's Monday Night Football here in LA. I can't Ari- fucking wait. At Arizona, home Seattle, at Dallas, at San Francisco, home Arizona. That's I don't hard. see it. No. I don't think they get to nine wins. Well, and the thing is, they're behind the Niners and the Seahawks in the division. The division is basically out of the question at this point. And there are too many teams in the NFC wildcard mix if they keep playing this way for them to have a chance. They also, their offensive line isn't good. Well, it's a, it's a mess right now. And their QB isn't good when his offensive line isn't good. Yes. And you take those two together and their offensive line is actually worse than not good. And I just don't think he knows what to do. I I think he's the wrong quarterback for the team they have right now. Well, the problem with that very true and accurate statement is that he has the biggest cap hit in football next year. $36 million. So there's the question of where they are this year. But I think we all agree that the real question with the Rams at this point is whether they can find their way back or whether it's already over. Because a year ago, this time a year ago, we were talking about this team as the new template for the league. It's over. Sal and I, we talked about this on Sunday. There's no coming back from this. They, The amount of money they're spending on five guys, right. there's it's, no way to fix this. You but, would have to hit a miracle in, in every draft on draft or free agent thing. But that's the thing. That right there is actually the, the heart of it. Because it's not just that the cap space is tied up in a handful of players and that some of the people it's tied up in aren't effective anymore, like Gurley. Obviously, injury is a part of that, or golf. It's that they can't hit on draft picks because they don't have them. That's what I mean. They'd have to hit like third, fourth rounders and undrafted guys. They don't have a a first round pick again until 2022. 
Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's that's really astonishing mismanagement. mismanagement. But the thing is, Peter King wrote that piece and they're like bragging about like, we figured out this new way to create a football team. We don't need first round picks. It's like, all right, I'm positive that's not true. That's definitely not true. Yeah, guess what? Everybody needs first round picks. Well, and as Kevin Clark and and Mays and many other people have written, the most valuable thing in football is a quarterback on a rookie deal, and they don't have that anymore. So, well, also think I think as always, I like to think about the ringer in this situation. Sure. How much more fun would this be if Goff didn't sign the extension? And we could just figure out all these different things that might happen to him. He might even be, he might have even been a trade possibility at mm-hmm. the end of October. Can't move that contract now. No, it's, they're stuck with him. There's no way to get rid of him. It's brutal. You I- would almost have to throw away a season and take the cap hit, put it on when, you know how they can rig it? Mm-hmm. Just be like, we give up this season. I don't think there's any way out for them. And I can't believe they screwed it up this badly. And it all starts with the girly extension, yeah. which they didn't really have to do either. If they knew, these teams have to know there's something wrong with the guys. Nobody knows better than the team if like, yeah, Todd's got arthritis. Right. I, you can't hide arthritis. You would you would think not. Like with you, like you came in today. <laughs> you were talking about, what were you complaining about when you walked in? Uh, you weren't feeling good. Being out of breath. I, being out of breath. across the lot. You don't feel good. Blah, back blah, blah, pain, blah. neck pain. And if if somebody was like, how's Mallory as a health bet for a $120 million contract? I would be like, well, she was out of breath today walking into the office. Yeah. I would know this because I work with you. That's, not, that's a good note. Note to self. Note Catch to my self. breath before walking into Catch Bill's my, office yeah, next I time. I immediately judged you. No, but like Todd Gurley, they're like, hey, Todd, how's the knee? And he's yeah. like, my knees are it just strong. hurts. It hurts all the time. Bill, my knees are strong. But imagine their trainers with Todd Gurley. Todd, yeah. is it feeling better today? No, it actually doesn't feel any better. Right. Well, so how do they give that guy a contract then? I don't know. And that's part of what is fascinating to think. It's it's kind of the the ripple effect beyond just even their franchise because the decisions that they've made and the kinds of decisions that they've made with the extensions that they've given, the trades they've made, the capital, either monetary or draft capital that they've moved, how they've tied themselves to certain people and for certain lengths of time. And then you couple that with things like they were kind of a poster team for the idea that health is a skill, right? Yeah. That's something you heard about them all the time last year. Well, that's that fades. And then when it fades and it's something that you can't count on as a differentiator, you're back in the pack. Well, where does that leave you? Just it's a, it's a mess, right? And then something like McVeigh, the innovator, the golden boy, everybody goes and tries to hire their McVeigh. Now everything, it's a copycat league, right? That's the point. And so the Rams, everyone was trying to model themselves off of the Rams because of the ways the Rams were succeeding. And I think now an interesting thing to track is going to be, do teams start trying to avoid the mistakes that the Rams have made or do they not, does it not have that kind of an impact? This happens in basketball, right? Where certain style, like the the Warrior style was so innovative and it was so effective for them, mostly because teams didn't have the personnel to play it small ball, a lot of threes, slash and kick, all the stuff they were doing. But then after, over the course of a couple of years, everyone started playing it and people got used to it. Right. The Rams, the way the Rams play now, to me, seems the opposite of innovative. They just, only recently did he even start trying to mix up formations. And some people on the internet have written good pieces about this. But like in the Super Bowl, he just stuck with the same formation the whole game. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't mess with it at all. 
I always thought like the reason I think Belichick is the best coach of all time is the team's different every year. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a system. There is no system other than he has depth and he figures out what his team is for that year. And then they build the team around that identity. I don't know if McVay can do that. We have no, no hint at all that he can create a different kind of offense. So it really seems like we just completely overrated the quote unquote genius. It seemed like he had one great idea, but I don't know if he's a genius. I'm not ready to say that yet, but I think that part of establishing your bona fides as a genius in the NFL or any other sport is that you have to be able to adjust when people adjust to you. Buddy and Ryan. so that's the next challenge, right? Remember Buddy Ryan yeah, late 80s? It was absolutely. Like, oh my God, what a genius. And everybody's like, oh, here's what we do against that defense. And then that was it. Right. So innovation has to continue. Innovation yeah. isn't a one-time thing. And so that's the question. I think that the way that this season has unfolded, it's not imp- impossible for him to make changes now, but it, it, when you factor in how Goff is playing, things like how Goff is playing specifically on play action, that was an area of strength for them before. Now it's a huge failing for the offense. Again, the way he's pressured right now because of the O-line health, things like not having Brandon Cooks because of the concussion, on and on and on the list goes. Those factors compound each other. But Brandon Cooks probably not coming back. Maybe not. But then it's like Ken McVay reset in the offseason and what is the limit on schematic innovation when there's only so much that you can do with the roster? That's a fascinating thing. I thought the, his mistake was not playing the, the rookie Henderson mm-hmm. and just kind of holding on to this Todd Gurley thing. And Todd Gurley is just not the same. And they can't rely on him anyway. And it, and But this is a consistent theme across sports, right? Teams not really knowing what to do with the idea of a sunk cost. Yeah. I mean, they seem like I'm they, an Oriole fan. Right. right. And I'm not saying that Chris Todd Gurley is Chris Davis. I'm not saying Todd Gurley is Chris Davis. He's not. That would be unfair and cruel. But Chris Davis continues to get at bats for a reason. Yeah. And that doesn't make that reason doesn't make sense. The but Red Sox did this with keep making. Pablo Sandoval. Just got rid of him. They're like sunk cost. He's out. And it actually was really smart that they did that way. It cost an incredible amount of money, but they just made the decision. It's not happening. Um, I don't think they have outs. And I think they're going to go seven and nine. I can't believe it. Yeah. And that division, I mean, the Seahawks and Niners are obviously outstanding teams this year. And the Cardinals, I think, are going to be really good really soon. Yeah. Kyler Murray's coming on a little bit. What do you got for three? three. Well, actually, let's, let's take a break. Hey, I want to tell you about the FanDuel Sportsbook app, the premier mobile sports betting app for a reason. They've made it easy to sign up and deposit. They've got tons of betting markets and unlike offshore sportsbooks where you're lucky to get your winnings at all. FanDuel processes your withdrawals quickly and gets your winnings in as little as 24 hours. It's only available right now in New Jersey, Indiana, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania. So if you're in Philly for the Philly-New England game, you can live bet the game right from your seats. It's not a thought experiment. This is for real. I'm jealous. Right now, FanDuel is giving new users their first bet risk-free. Place any bet. FanDuel will refund you up to 500 bucks in site credit if you don't win. Jesus, when was the last time your bookie gave you a do-over? Didn't think so. To claim your risk-free bet, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app from the iOS App Store or visit fanduel.com slash Android and be sure to use promo code BS. That's my initials. BS. So they know we sent you. That's promo code BS to get your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Must be 21 plus and physically present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, or West Virginia. Applies to first wager only. Must be placed within seven days of sign up. Max refund $500. Refund issued. 
as non-withdrawable site credit and expires 14 days after receipt. Terms apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Back to Mallory. All right, we're back. Three. This one's for you. Yeah. Super Bowl 52 rematch. Yeah. Why is that for me? I hated that game. Well, I guess that part's for me. <laughs> the idea I, the idea of revisiting a, a Patriots loss. But talking about your football team's game this weekend, Pats Eagles, how will the Patriots respond to their first loss of the season, Bill? It'll be fine. Both teams coming off a bye. I'm more upset that Flash played for the, C- the Seahawks and had two huge third down catches on Monday night. I thought of you both. What the fuck, Kyle? Moments. Kyle, what do we do wrong? We didn't do anything. We wrong. supported him. him. You wore his jersey every week. I did. And they quit on him because he missed a couple meetings. And then he's and then yeah, where they did quit Russell? On him. That's where did the, Russell Wilson go on third down? Oh, to the guy who is always open for twelve yard catches. We talked about it on the pod a, a couple weeks ago that Seattle seemed like the most likely landing spot for him, and that you could just—it was so easy to envision Wilson immediately forming chemistry with him. It's the problem. Out exactly the problem script. for them is. They're going to get used to him, and that's what you can't do with Josh Gordon. He's day by day in life, in football. And it's like if you start going, well, once we get to the playoffs, like you can't count on him. Right. Whatever he gives you is a bonus. Did you see that he said he was trending up in quarterbacks? He said that? He said that. Wow. That hurt. Wow. That's like a direct attack of you. That hurt. Wow. I didn't know what to do with that. Kyle. Boy. Well, he probably feels like Brady quit on him. Because the Pats definitely quit on him. The more we know now, they clearly said that's enough. So yeah, my team is playing the Eagles. How are you feeling about it? Um, I just don't see how the Eagles will have any receivers that get open in this game. I've watched the Eagles all year. The receivers don't get open. Jeffrey's hurt. Now he's got like he's hurt. Yeah. red flags next to him in fantasy. Yeah, day to day, unclear what his status will be. He's just been he's been hurt all year. He's an old man. Deshaun Jackson obviously out. Yeah. So they're going to try to run the ball, run the ball, run the well, ball. But also, I mean, Jordan Howard's on the injury report right now, too. Yeah. So, I mean, giving the ball to Miles Sanders more is actually a good thing, ultimately. Yeah. But there's a lot of injuries on the offense for them. And then I think the question of how effective can Zach Ertz be, not only in this game, but in the final stretch of the season, is pretty essential for Wentz and that offense moving forward. I, like- I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball and... I don't know if they're going to be able to have enough of a pass rush against Brady, which is what you need to hurt us. I think I just, I like the matchup. I'm going to talk about a million dollar picks at the end. You're not worried. I like the matchup. I think it's a really good matchup for the Pats. The Eagles need the game though. They need the game. I just don't know how they're going to move the ball. Because the, the Pats secondary is so much better than the Eagles receivers. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to move the ball. Well, that's why Ertz is key. And whatever Sanders can do and whether Howard is healthy. Sanders is the X factor, right? If he has a monster game, that will keep them in. And Sanders is somebody, I think, down the stretch, just for fantasy purposes and just in general, is on the guy to watch list. He's really explosive. He's awesome. What about Peterson as somebody who maybe has Belichick's number? (laughs) I can't even say it without laughing, but I did want to try. I wanted to see if I could say it without laughing, and then I wanted to see your face. No. Okay. I I think he got hot at the blackjack table that one night. Okay. That's how, that's how I le- learned to live with the Super Bowl loss. That's, He's had a really good run at the table. That's good. That's a good self-preservation tactic. I'm interested to see how Brady 
plays and looks against this Eagle secondary, which is a nice source of rejuvenation for anyone who faces it. Yeah. It would be amazing if the Patriots lost. If the Patriots lose, that's a really bad sign for that's the season. A couple losses in a row. This should not be a loss. Here's the schedule the rest of the way. They're favored by three and a half in Philly. At Eagles versus the Cowboys at the Texans versus the Chiefs. And then at the Bengals versus the Bills versus the Dolphins. So there's like a tough, a tough few games here in a row. Kind of can't afford too many stumbles. <laughs> because why? We're making the playoffs. What are you talking about? You don't want that number one seed no matter what? Or do you just think it's a lock? You fear nothing. You're complacent. I just think, I think Baltimore played really well on a Sunday night. They got the lead early and they just played a really good game and stuff happens. Mm -hmm. I think about this in the context of my daughter's soccer career. Okay. She's, they lost, her team lost a couple games this season mm -hmm. to teams they were just better than. And it was stupid. And you, and we're driving home. We're like, how did you? How did you tie that team? You were like two goals better. And it's just like, mm -hmm. that's the thing. It's sports. Shit happens. Mm -hmm. Amazing to see what the bye week did for you. You've yeah. gone from, I feel go great. on everyone, bury the pets to shit happens in sports. The Ravens are garbage and the Patriots I don't think the Ravens are garbage. Game. I think the Ravens this are is, good. This is what you just said. The Ravens are a good team. I don't think the Pats should have won that game. I just don't overreact to regular season games. It's all about the playoffs for you. It's a very small sample size. Okay. It's 16 mm -hmm. games of four-minute quarters, and weird shit happens. Okay. That's where I land. That's where I've landed. All right. Your team against Houston, I would say that's a more telling game. Because, well, that's the next one on our list. All right, here. let's move to two because I think you should beat Houston. They've lost a lot of dudes, and you should be able to move the ball against them all game. And if you lose, I would be alarmed. Are you just Trying to get a rise out of me here. <laughs> you would be alarmed if the Ravens lost yeah, that game. It would be an alarming loss. Why you would should, it be an alarming loss? I, I just was trying to get a rise out of you. Come on. This is you crazy. You should win, though. You're favored by four. I, to me, the 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 main thing about that game is the MVP showdown between Lamar and Deshaun. Mm. It's an incredible matchup if you're a fan of football. It's an incredible matchup in the year of our Lord, 2019. It's an approval rating showdown, too. Absolutely. Two of the most popular uh, QBs we've had in a it's while. It's fun. People like watching Lamar and Deshaun play. People like rooting for those two guys. They're two of the, I'd say, top three players in the MVP race right now. And obviously, Russell Wilson being the third. I think Pat Mahomes certainly has time to get back into the the top one, two, or three. But right now, as maybe just because of the time he missed with injury, just a shade behind them. Trubisky's last. I, 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 I who? That's my response to that. The he's an MVP for the other team usually when the Bears are playing. <laughs> Lamar already has the head-to-head -head win over Wilson, so getting the head-to-head -head win over Deshaun would be a nice little notch in the belt. I think you know the way, to the point that you were making when we opened, talking about the Harbaugh video and just how people feel about Lamar. I say this sincerely, objectively. This is not a subjective fan statement. I think that this is true. I think that Lamar has the narrative lead right now in the MVP oh, race. Oh, no question. Right? So it's and as about, you know, that's all that matters. Right. So it's about, can you hold on to that? And the funniest thing about the NFL MVP is we care about it during the season. And then after the season, I can't remember who won. Like, if you told me who's the 2016 MVP, I would have no idea. I did podcasts every week. Well, I totally cared about it. 
it's like we care with football, we care in the moment. And then when it's over, we don't go backwards at all. That's true, though. I think part of that is because so often in recent years in the current modern era of football, the MVP results have just aligned with this elite class of quarterback and there hasn't been a lot of new blood there. I mean, obviously, Cam yeah. won, Mahomes won. So Cam, Cam has like felt like that a significant you, MVP. That right? And yeah. Mahomes stands out to you. I think the result of this one could could be similar. If one, if if any of those guys, Lamar, Deshaun, or, or Wilson won, I think it would probably feel that way. And also the fact that it does really feel like a race and I think probably will had it, and through the rest of the season is a little different and fun. I mean, last year, I think there was a lot of is it Breeze or is it Mahomes talk for the bulk of the season, but it was all, it was always going to be Mahomes. I mean, you don't cross the 50 touchdown threshold and not win MVP, you know? When so, Kevin Clark tweeted during the LSU game that Joe Burrow was older yeah, than older Lamar than Jackson, Lamar. did you have to like take a walk? No, because did, did I knew it Kevin was true. Did you give Kevin Clark a spot bonus? <laughs> I mean, it was it was shocking to see, your... but you also know it's true. I mean, Burrow was at Ohio State for three years, you know, transferred. Yeah. It's been at LSU for a couple of years. He's a that that happens in college football. Lamar is a prodigy. He's in his second NFL season, and he's twenty two years old. It's he, weird that they it's didn't a delight. <laughs> it's weird they didn't factor that into his NFL draft prospect part of it. Well, I mean, it's pretty you know, young. Baker was an, it was an old prospect and he went first. And so that was, a, that was a talking about him in the NBA, in we, the other they, direction. in the NBA, we, I say we, cause I'm an NBA guy. Mm -hmm. We factor in the ages in a real way. And, so, and sometimes to the detriment of the teams, like Dame Lillard dropped to six cause he was 22. Right. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you have an MVP showdown. I'm really glad that all the joy Lamar has brought to your life. I just want it to last for as long as it possibly can. He's but great. I'm, He's I'm very likable. Cherishing every second of it. I think seeing how the Texans' run defense is able to account for what the Ravens can do on offense. Stop it. The Texans aren't good. You should win this game. I mean, I that Texans um, are not unlike a good team. you, I do not operate from a position of. Uh, arrogance and predestination. You it's know, I think thing. that Texans aren't good. I think I need to earn everything and I think my teams need to earn it too. And I live in a, I live in a perpetual state of fear and I'm always readying for the letdown. You know, Bill, I was the kind of kid I would go home and I would say to my parents, man, I like probably failed that test. Cause that way, if I got an A, it was a delightful <clears throat> surprise, better. right? Smart. You always want to set the expectation here. And then all you can do is bring people <laughs> joy. You never want to disappoint. And I don't want to allow anything that happens with this Ravens season to disappoint me. So I want to attempt to maintain some semblance of balance and patience and pragmatism, but also candidly, I've really, I've lost the ability to grasp anything resembling rationality. Like this team just has my heart fully. It's a really, it's really, I don't want to get carried away and, and regret this in a few weeks, but I just to this point, this has been one of the most, satisfying and enjoyable sports experiences of my entire life. Like I found myself last week thinking, where does Lamar rank for me all time on my list of favorite athletes? And I, I, I think he might already be number two for me for Baltimore, sport, Baltimore athletes. Wow. I mean, Ed Reed is forever my number one. You're not touching Ed Reed. But I think Lamar has passed Machado. Because Machado is a traitor who left. I just ha I have to move on with that part of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> that pain was so fresh for so long. Adam Jones is very special to me, as you know. <sighs> it's a pretty motley list. Ed Reed being there for the Patriots game, it felt like a passing of the torch in a way that... I didn't like it. I thought the Pat should have complained. <laughs> Get that guy off the field. Let's, uh, <sighs> let's take a break and then we'll do number one. 
Okay, if you're thinking about home security, which I know you are, there's no better time to get it than right now. Simply Safe Home Security, giving my listeners an amazing exclusive Black Friday offer. You'll get 25% off any new system plus a free HD security camera. Oh, yeah. Simply Safe has everything you need to keep your home safe entry sensors, motion sensors, a smart lock that locks your door when you forget, video doorbells, plus 24 7 professional monitoring that will dispatch police three and a half times faster. Kyle, you put Simply Safe in your apartment. I did. We had a guy wrestling around in the back there, and I slapped a sticker on my door, and, uh, and that was it. No problems. There you go. Nobody's stealing from Kyle. Go to simplysafe.com slash BS to get 25% off plus a free security camera. Yeah, this is the best home security deal you'll see. Don't miss this amazing Black Friday deal. Simply Safe with two eyes, simplysafe.com slash BS. All right, number one, let's go. Let's just do it. Number one. Let's go. What will come of Colin Kaepernick's workout? I think this is one of the most important things happening in sports right now, and we should talk about it. I agree. So for anybody who doesn't know, just a little bit of background quickly. Kaepernick has a scheduled workout for Saturday. Yeah. In Atlanta. Currently, as of, again, we're recording on Thursday afternoon. So the latest information we have as of today is an NFL statement saying, quote, we are looking forward to Saturday's workout with Colin. 11 teams. Arizona, Atlanta, Cleveland, Denver, Detroit, Miami, New England, New York Giants, New York Jets, Tampa Bay, and Washington have already committed to attend. Pats. We'll see how that list grows from here. The other latest information is that Hugh Jackson will be the one leading the drills and Joe Philbin will be assisting. The NFL is uh, reportedly sending video of the workout and the interview to all 32 teams after. So... Kaepernick obviously has not played in the league since 2016 has been uh, this has been one of the central stories, not only in the NFL, but in sports since that time filed the grievance against the league. Subsequently, we know the Kaepernick it. story. OK, so what do you think it's of this? set it up? Why was this so rushed? And is it legit? And what's going to happen? Why did they do this in July? That was my first question. Right. Why now? Right. Why week 11? Right. So the timing of it is just so bizarre to me. And then who is driving this? Is it Kaepernick's side? Is it the NFL? Is there somebody else? There some white knight that we don't know about? I, I don't understand anything about this. It's very strange. You know, my It's very, very strange. Yes. I obviously hope that this should have happened in like June. Well, it should have happened three years ago. No, but I'm saying like if it was gonna happen in 2019. What about during the offseason as people are putting together their teams? Right. So this is part of what is so bizarre about it. And there have, there have been comments to that effect on the record from plenty of people this week. You know, Eric Reed, who obviously was Kaepernick. He's now with the, with the Panthers, but was Kaepernick's teammate with San Francisco, protested alongside him. He said, quote, it feels disingenuous. He also said it feels like a PR stunt. Well, he also had the nine inch knife quote, which I thought was great. The That's Malcolm right. X quote. Malcolm Jenkins said, quote, it leaves me a little skeptical of the motivations behind it. Well, we don't know where it came from. Well, we have there's more questions than answers, just even how this happened. So report the various reports, including from Tyler Tynes on The Ringer, indicate that. The NFL, the league office, Goodell reached out, not Goodell directly, but 
the NFL league office facilitated this, reached out to Kaepernick's team on Tuesday morning, Tuesday of this week, and said, we want to set this up for Saturday. You have to tell us today if you're in. Now, the reason that's notable, <laughs> yeah, it, there are a few reasons that's notable and, and, and kind of help fuel this question of why is this happening in this fashion? Like, I think I want to be clear. I think Colin Kaepernick being, getting back into the league is absolutely something that should happen and should have happened every step of the way between when he was last in the league and now, but the nature of how this is happening raises eyebrows. So first of all, Workouts tend to happen on Tuesdays in the league, okay? So a Saturday workout is inherently problematic for the participant because games are, this is all obvious to say, but it's it's worth just thinking this through. Games are on Sunday. So are high-ranking NFL executives and personnel for the teams really going to be able to go to this workout in Atlanta on Saturday when they have games on Sunday? Not going to be there. Of course. So right away, that is bizarre. The rushed nature of getting reportedly requiring his team to commit to this day of instead of being able to talk through the conditions, the circumstances, the timing, all of that. Very strange. So I... My counters, I don't even have counters because I think this is bizarre, but I'm trying to put myself in the head of the NFL, mm-hmm. one of the worst entities in a while. Um, maybe short time frame because they didn't want this to be too big of a deal. So mm-hmm. the shorter the window, the less, it's basically four day, four and a half days beginning, and at, beginning middle, end versus, hey, three weeks from now, this workout's happening. But, but then- the Saturday thing is just so fucking confounding. Yeah. I don't understand that at all. It's As you said, it just absurd. seems like Tuesday is so logical. Yeah. And look, I'm a cynical guy, but it just seems like Goodell was at a cocktail party with, you know, Michael B. Jordan or Denzel Washington or somebody. And they were like, hey, man, wouldn't you let Kaepernick back in? And Goodell's like, should I? And And they're like... Yeah, you should have a workout. It's like okay, and well, and and it was honestly that haphazard how this happened. So USA Today had a report that the Jay Z arrangement with the league was was a driver. Right. So here. maybe it was Jay Z, and they're at some dinner, and Jay Z's like, "You got to get Cat back," and just peer pressured him at some dinner, and then Goodell made a call. So, to, but to your point about about not that's how wanting dumb it, this seems. It. it it's very strange. But to your point about not wanting, you know, the timing and not wanting it to become a big story, I, I think, like, there's just no way it isn't a huge story. Literally any outcome, any time frame, you know, this has been, again, one of the defining stories in sports for three years. And in, and in beyond sports, you know, national affairs. So if Kaepernick ends up back in the league after this, which he should be, that is the story in the sport every day moving forward. And the thing is that now that this workout is happening, if he doesn't end up back in, then it's the story again, too. So just by the nature of setting this up in the first place, right. it was going to become a, a, the primary focus in the I league. I just think. So I that doesn't change if they let him wait until next Tuesday to hold the workout. I just don't like it at all. I don't like anything about it. He should already be in the league. Yes. If they were going to make a concerted effort for him to be in the league, it should have happened in the offseason when people are doing their teams. And then I fucking watch football every weekend. And a lot of these quarterbacks are terrible. And this was always the fundamental problem with this Kaepernick thing. It's like, I don't think he's going to be an all-pro again, but he was clearly somebody who could at least 
play football. And the fact that we, we spent three years, people pretending that right. he was better than some of the crappy guys we were watching is nuts to me. Yeah, I agree. But now, now that they're kind of shoehorning this back in, I almost find it's more insulting because they kind of speed rush this weird process that has no parallel to anything we've ever seen. They put no thought or time or energy into it. And if anything, it's probably going to make this whole story worse. I, yes. Well, and that's the part I don't get. Part of the, you know, this is the season of the backup quarterback. So the fact that you have all of these, all of these guys starting across the league where everybody in the media, everybody in the fandom is going to say, is this guy really someone who should be out here instead of Kaepernick has, has kept that, kept this going and, and various things have kept the story going, of course. But the, to, to your point about just how odd it is and how really with, without, without comp or peer this is like the idea of making somebody who was a starting quarterback in the league for multiple years, in essence, hold a pro day. It's is, so poorly thought out. I almost can't believe it. Baffling. Like and then it's like, like who's ultimately who's happy about this story right now? I mean, people are happy that he, this might lead to the road that he's coming back. But I think even the most diehard Kaepernick fan or supporter is still insulted by this process. Well, because, you know, to go back to the, the Eric Reed comments, among many others, it, there's that element right now that you can't ignore where it feels like a little bit of a stunt. It's hard to know how it feels like they're it pandering. Is. It feels like, it honestly feels like a whole pander, five days of pandering, and then the league kind of secretly hoping he's not that good in the workout. And they'd be like, hey, man, we we tried. We had a workout, and, you know, he wasn't that accurate. That, would be, a, is, that would be an awful outcome. And then if he is good in the workout, it's like, well, you know, it's so late in the season. And now we've, what, is somebody going to pick him up for week 12? Like, well, I wouldn't, I think that, that that seems likely that rolling it into the off season. Is going to be what happens. Just like, it's not like you're picking up, which again the, then would just say, "Well, why did this have to?" Come it's not like you're so picking quickly? up a nickelback, right? If you're working in a quarterback, you know, in week twelve of the NFL season, and they're going to learn a whole playbook and learn the chemistry with receivers, it it's pretty hard to do that anyway. But then with all the scrutiny that's going to come in, what team is going to say like, "Hey, this is a good idea." Well, Unless it's like a team that is has a chance to make the playoffs and is fucked at quarterback. That's the only way I could see this working. I I really hope that some team gives him the chance that he deserves. I really, really, really hope that there's a path forward here to something that feels like it's hard to even call it progress given that it just is three years overdue and we should never have been in this situation in the first place. But I hope that we somehow are able to not take a further step back from here because this has just been so disappointing so far. I can't believe he's not at least better than 10 of the guys I will watch this weekend. He is. Absolutely. At least five he's better than. He'll he'll be physically ready, I think, to the point about playbooks. You know, guys sign off practice squads. People come into the league in uncommon ways and at uncommon times. Again, the nature of how this is all unfolding just exacerbates things that didn't need to be exacerbated. It's just a baffling mishandling of the situation. How, how unbelievable would it be if the Bears signed him and then he ended up playing like the last five five games or something was really good and they missed the playoffs by one game? 
I could see something like that happening. I mean, I think you're right. It has to be either a team that has, well, any any team really could could consider it, obviously. But I think the most likely suitors would be either teams that have a shot but are not content with our current quarterback situation or teams that are out of it and know that they don't have the quarterback of the future and are interested in experimenting. You know, what, what's happening in Washington? I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody who's in that organization right now believes in the quarterbacks they have in the room right now. Is that a team I mean, that's going to take a chance? such a great crap. You already, you already mentioned the Bears. You know, they're what's going on with the Colts? When is Brissett going to be healthy? The Hoyer thing was tough last week because that that was a situation where a better quarterback, they probably win that game. There are a lot of lessons from this NFL season, but one of the absolute primary ones is that you can never have too many quarterbacks. You're going to yeah. need them, right? But I, I, I do feel like this was never just about talent. This was about the scrutiny oh. that he brings. Well, of course. And also in certain certain cities like they just don't want to deal with it i'm not saying that's i mean there right, was a, a, just... coll a collusion suit you know well, yeah but i'm saying like there's probably eight or nine teams that made sense in general anyway that could that would have said all right this is worth it mm -hmm. and now it's week 11 none of those teams are going to be like, all right, now it's going to be worth it. They would have done it in June. I, I just, I hate this story. Well, also they would have, you, you would presume that they would have reached out to his team directly. Like that, that, that aspect of the league facilitating this just seems. I'm so tired of, of finding new ways to like hate the fact that I love the NFL. Well, it's a, it's a, it's, it's really it's like a just a never conundrum. ending road of like, oh man, why do I like this league? But that's one of the, They're just, bad people. That is one of the existential dread inducing aspects of being a sports fan right now is that whether it is what you're describing now about the NFL, you know, whether it's something about player empowerment, whether it's something about concussions, we've talked before about how, how, how gross it can feel to be a college football fan because there's this part of you that loves it and is addicted to it. And then there's a part of you that cannot really believe that you are just by the nature of your participation as a patron endorsing the exploitation of the amateur athletes on and on and on the list goes you are complicit as a sports fan when you watch and we all have to make our own choices about whether or not we're okay with that yeah. that's a real thing i don't know how this plays out but i already know i'm not gonna like the outcome i know because the best possible scenario is He's great in the workout when somebody signs him. Yeah. And then I'll be like, all right, what the fuck did we just do the last three years? Yeah, but we're saying so, that anyway. No, but I mean, that, but that would make it worse. We're saying it anyway, but if he's good in the workout and then it's clear, like, holy shit, like what a disaster. I don't think that as NFL fans or human beings, any of us have the self-control or discipline to avoid the temptation to constantly relitigate the past. But the only way that there's even a remote prospect of that is if he makes his way back into the league because then people have something else to focus on. But what you're describing is always going to be there. Always. Yeah, I don't know. What's, so what's the best case scenario? Outcome? He belongs in the NFL. I hope he gets there. I hope that I hope that there is a, but I mean, a franchise that is pursuing this with sincerity because if it is if it is just a farce, a collective farce for everybody involved, then that that is a tragedy. It feels like a farce. And I'm already down the tragedy road. It just feels like this is 
cooked. And I don't know why they're doing it. I think it's fucked up and I feel bad for Kaepernick. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to end the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, Thanks for coming on, Valerie. Hey, thanks for having me, Bill. All right, million dollar picks really quickly. I am the Colts two weeks ago and then Dallas last week. Wow, Dallas, you had it. I don't know what you were doing, but I lost 550 last week. I'm down 1.707 million for the season. I'm doing something that I should have done a long time ago. Kyle. Yes, sir. We're taking our pats. They're minus 190 to win the game. I'm going, your heart. I'm going all in. I'm going into the deep recesses of the bank. I am putting 3.3 million. Holy crap. On the Pats at minus 190 to win 1.7. I'm just doing it, whatever it takes to wipe out our debt. <laughs> if I lose, we're in a lot of trouble. I'm down <laughs> 5 way. million for the year. If you or lose, I'm either way, the, we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we lose, I'm down $5 million for the season. If we win, clean slate, even, <laughs> heading even. into the last thing. Pats minus 190. Pats winning, beating Philadelphia. That's our million-dollar pick. Thanks to State Farm. Thanks to Mallory and Matt Berry. Thanks to Simply Safe. If you've been thinking about your home security, no better time to get it than right now. Simply Safe Home Security, giving our listeners an amazing, exclusive Black Friday offer. 25% off any new system plus a free HD security camera. Go to simplysafe.com slash BS to get 25% off plus a free security camera. The best home security deal you'll see. Don't miss this amazing Black Friday deal. Simplysafe.com slash BS. We are back on Sunday night. Don't forget to catch up on the Book of Basketball podcast. See you then.